Hello and welcome along once again to the Irish Rally Podcast in association with FACT, the Simply Automatic Choice for Automation Equipment for Gates, Doors, Barriers and Rising Bollards, available from your security installer and electrician, distributed to the trade in Ireland North and South by National Automation, the one-stop distributor for automation equipment, door entry intercom systems, CCTV, intruder and fire alarms, access control and locks. And for more you can visit nal.ie forward slash products. Okay, well, how good was it to have action in Ireland once again? Last weekend, of course, bringing a welcome sight with cars back in competitive action. It was, of course, the McGrady Insurance Stages Rally at Bishop's Court on Saturday, which marked the first round of the McGrady Insurance Motorsport UK Northern Ireland Rally Championship. And joining us to talk about the event is the clerk of the course, Brian Crawford, who is also the chairman of the Ballinahinch and District Motor Club, and the winner of the event, uh, Johnny Greer. So, gentlemen, you're both very welcome here on the Irish Rally Podcast. How's things? Thank you. That's so bad, Kevin. Thanks for, thanks for having us on. Johnny, I'll start with you. Congratulations, first of all. You won the event and uh, must have been delighted. Yeah, it was a, a great event for us. Now, sort of, we didn't really know where we we're going to be after a long layoff. You know, obviously, everybody's in the same in the same boat that way. So, yeah, we sort of came into the event not really knowing where exactly the pace was going to be at or where where we're going to be relative to everybody else. So, mm-hmm. obviously, the first stage being so close to Derek was a good. A good incentive, and then yeah. from there on, the, the the weekend just got or the day just got better and better for us. So yeah, it was good. And it went so well that Brian is still getting phone calls about it. <laughs> 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 Listen, Johnny, like just in terms of the the whole day itself, um, <laughs> you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, like it started off with I think Derek was fastest through stage one, but then every other stage you won. So like that's pretty good going. Yeah, well, it was sort of one of those. Um, we had sort of chosen more of a, a harder sort of tire for the first stage and we knew there'd be an issue with the warm-up and we sort of struggled a bit on the first lap to get the heat into the car but after that it was good um yeah sort of so going into stage two we knew that at least we'd done the the bulk of the hard work on stage one to get everything up the temperature and get get the tires sort of working mm-hmm. um so we sort of knew if i had a good clean run through stage two would be okay but you know okay sort of thought improve a bit here and there maybe find a second maybe two seconds over our first couple of runs but yeah it was this the gap at the end of stage two really surprised me so the um yeah after that was it was sort of how do you continue on to to do that and mm-hmm. uh, we just sort of decided just to do our own thing and, and just try and keep everything the same and that's what happened and, and it worked very well the whole day then yeah because i think your time was 11 seconds quicker than derek's first stage winning time if that makes sense obviously so yeah. that was quite a gain like yeah it, it again it didn't it didn't feel 12 seconds faster in the car it was just a case of probably limiting the stakes and i think obviously mm-hmm. on the first lap with the there only being really an hour between two stages there was still heat in the in the car and there was still heat in the tires mm-hmm. and the rims and stuff and that meant that the the first lap was a lot cleaner but uh yeah it, uh, it was a surprise because we sort of came to the end of the stage, obviously with the with the, the COVID protocols and and the, the timing being kind of done remotely. They had a like a finish time displayed on the on the board when you arrived up at the finish control and and was sort of rolled in behind Derek and I, I was able to sort of glance and see Derek's finishing time. And you know mathematics wouldn't be my strong point, and I was trying to work out his finishing time versus our finishing time. And I was relaying that all to Kirsty, and she had sort of worked out the gap, and she sort of said to me the gap would be around six seconds, and I thought, no, I got that wrong. That's not right. <laughs> so, um, but you know, after that, it was it was good, you know. Yeah. So, like, just from the, the few clips that I saw early on, 
those couple of hairpins kind of you look nice and neat through them in comparison to the other guys do you feel that's maybe where you possibly made some gains well that was kind of the the the, the aim at the time um was to try and be sort of as neat as possible because we know in those sort of racetracks it's usually the being on the line hitting the apex is always very important so it was kind of like trying to to, to reel yourself back a bit from being getting too excited and sort of coming in all guns blazing so mm-hmm. i don't know whether it, it made a big difference or not because obviously we weren't carrying the same speed into the corners as we probably would have been otherwise but i think mm-hmm. on the whole it worked out better and sort of the car behaved very well it felt very nice at those sort of speeds to control everything to not let the back of the car get out too far and things like that seemed to work so that was the that was the plan was just trying to stay neat and avoid mistakes and that's what we've done yeah and of course you know you have been competing with uh, other manufacturers or whatever, but being back in the C3 or whatever, the Rally 2 edition, how, how did that feel? What's it like in comparison to the previous machinery? Yeah, well, every car is going to be slightly different. Um, you know, from the, the DS3, the it's, it's similar. You know, the, the sort of the design philosophies are all kind of similar. The, we always find that going with, when we changed over to the Fiesta, the Fiesta was a very soft car. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a lot of dip, a lot of lean and things like that, whereas the Citroëns sort of historically have always been a very stiff setup, which hasn't really worked all that well in Irish tarmac when you've got to the bumpier stages, the cars have been slightly too stiff. But um, in the like of a single venue racetrack where there's no bumps, it's, it works It works a treat. You know, it's like a go-kart, it just does everything you want to do. So that's the, the biggest difference we find yeah. when you go to the sort of the, the Citroën brand, there's a lot, cars are a lot stiffer. And mm-hmm. it's just a, it takes a while to get your head around how that's going to work, but on the like of a venue like British Court, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. So will you be knocking around with this now for a while, or, or what's the plan? Yeah, well, the plan is there is no plan, really. <laughs> but yeah, we're just we're very happy with the car. You know, mm-hmm. we, we'd obviously had our eyes in the C3 for a long time from when we were in the DS3, and then the car was getting delayed, and things things just moved on and didn't really work at that time for the, to get a car. I mean, we tested, tested a very early edition of the car in 2018. Um, we were invited over to France to test a car out there on a, on a gravel stage, and, and we were very excited about the car then. And then it's just one thing led to another, and then it didn't really work for the 2019 season. And then, obviously, we got the sort of package together for 2020, and then that obviously stopped after British Court last year when we'd done zero car. That was our first, you know, sort of first run the car, really. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very good package. I think they've took everything they learned from the DS3 and developed it, and obviously took a bit of inspiration from other R5 cars that came out in between, and it's it's put together a very good package. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously we'll refer back to you, Johnny. We have a few more things to get through, but Brian, um, first of all, like 15, 16 months I think since an event ran on the island of Ireland. So congratulations first of all on pulling that off. It's a hell of an achievement. And it was such a welcome sight on Saturday to see a bit of action back um on the island of Ireland. Like so I mean how how did you find it? What was the, the lead in like organization wise? How long was this kind of in the pipeline? And talk us through all that. Well, we're actually very, very lucky the way it worked out. Um whenever Bishop Bush was cancelled in, in March, um we, I got in touch with Roy Bickerstaff, who's the manager of, of, of Bishop's Court. And I said, Roy, we need a date later on in the year. Oh, he says, you and everybody else. Because <laughs> everybody was wanting to move back to the end of the year. So uh, so we reminded them that we'd been down there for 25 years and we'd always been good to them and we'd always 
pet him and give him no hassle, no bother, reminded him all all those things and uh, embarrassed him into firing a date at us. Uh, we didn't pick the date. He threw this date at us on the 19th of June. And uh, at that point in time, I didn't think I was going to be getting a date. So I just said, right, we'll take it. Uh, from there on, it was pure luck. There was no, there was nothing we could do. We did lobby the government um, uh, to try and to try and that. And, and Bishop Court was actually given given the go ahead as a test case, if you like, for for the the, the Northern Ireland Assembly. Um, but we lobbied them hard, just through letters and, and phone calls, and uh, they had us with protocol documents. They had us with just a bit everything that we weren't used to, if you like. And um, But we, we have a great team down there at Ballinahenge, and, and uh, I'd just like to commend them. They just stuck at it. Uh, but you know, the, the, the relaxation of all the COVID restrictions slowly but surely were disappearing. And as, as the time went on, I said, Jesus, this just might work. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just kept pegging on. As, and as it got closer to the 19th of June, we started to up the ante with the pressure, you know, uh, on on government and and uh, eventually, and I say I must I must commend a couple of guys there. There's there's a couple of guys in the club, and I know it's very dangerous to m- mention people, but in this case, is, there's a fellow Davy Meek, who who um, who was the entry secretary and the secretary of the meeting, Gavin Campbell, who was our COVID officer, and uh, guys just just stuck at it, you know. And that's the greatest thing that we clock the course. If you get a good team around you, your team does the work. And you get all the credits. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's 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 quite nice that actually. You know, yeah. but uh, but those guys are good. Um, so we, we we just we just kept sticking at it, sticking at it, and then eventually come down to the event that we were going to run. And we we could have had five hundred spectators. We the, the government did last five hundred spectators, but what they did tell us that we were responsible for those five hundred spectators. Anybody that's run a rally knows that it's, it's hard enough to run a rally without somebody lumbering actual responsibility of 500 spectators on the top of you as well. So we made the very early decision not to go with spectators. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, this year we had to put the entry up a wee bit because we, we we normally get the gate coming in at Bishop's Court and that helps us to the higher the circuit. But with those spectators, then we didn't have that, we didn't have that uh, luxury. So and then we had to hire security and stuff to keep, you know. Whenever we were actually running the rally during the day, we we couldn't. The the other downside was if the black spectators said we then needed more marshals, and then that was that was up on our up on our five hundred competitors and officials that we were allowed. So we made that early decision, and, and I think it was the right decision not to have spectators just to get the thing going again. Um, it, it probably maybe it, it wasn't that popular with. With some of the, the the enthusiasts, if you like, you know, they loved them and they were seeing it and all this, but it was something we just had to do for the competitors to get to get them going again. Mm-hmm. So, like all the planning for this, you 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 actually didn't know at the time if it was going to go ahead. If your the regulations and everything was going to allow for it from a government point of view. So, like in a way, okay, there's an element of, yes, you, you have to go and do that, you have to plan for every eventuality, but you're also doing it in hope rather than expectation, and the fact that you're still able to pull it off, I think is uh, very commendable, like, so, um, but you must have been thinking to yourself at different stages, Jesus, am I am I doing this all in vain kind of a thing, there must have been doubts there, like, obviously. 
Oh, Kevin, there was there was doubts right up to the day before. Um, we had we had a, an outbreak. Um, well, it was about a week before in Kilkeel, and and the the, the COVID situation was good up in Kilkeel. The numbers were good up in Kilkeel. Now Kilkeel, if I don't know if you know where Kilkeel is from, down Patrick, it's not that far. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, geez, we don't need this. Like you know, <laughs> please, 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 everybody does. You're supposed to do it. Don't let this get any bigger. So and I mean there was events here in Northern Ireland where that were stopped on the morning, um, mm-hmm. way way back at that, that started this COVID thing, where, where the, the the council actually came in and told people to go home. So there was there was always that chance and um, it, it was a chance and it it was no skill on our point at that point. it was just pure luck that the whole thing slotted into place and and uh, worked out well. Somebody up there loves me. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not a righteous sort of person, but somebody up there loves us. You know, because <laughs> it was just absolute pure luck. And every time you know, the, the, the government relaxed something, we were just breathing another sigh of relief mm-hmm. and, and moved on to the next stage and moved on to the next stage. And it was, um, well, we, we were, right up until the day before, we were, we were worried. We were very yeah. worried. And in fairness, in general, it's quite a turnaround up there because... Going back a few months back, in comparison, just say to the Republic down here, the cases were nearly identical, and, and obviously the population is, is huge. There's a huge difference there. And people mm-hmm. are like, geez, what's going on? And now you look at it on the flip side, and it's borderline normality up there, and we're still a little bit off down this side. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite a turnaround, and it's obviously great, like, you know, for you. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Yes, it's it's it's... Hopefully this keeps going. Um, but I mean, t- two years ago, if somebody had told me the world was going to stop over this, I'd have laughed at them, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it just shows you the way things can turn around so easily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whenever whenever Johnny bought his GC3 there, it, it, he didn't think it was going to be sitting for virtually two years doing nothing. You know, he'd probably put it off a bit longer. <laughs> Kept his money in his bank account. But but he couldn't make it up. He really, really couldn't make it up, you know, so... You, you were the last event to go, obviously, I think you were saying there before COVID yeah. came mm-hmm. in, like, and you sat with Johnny, I think, that day, yeah? Uh, yes, I double-owed with Johnny. Um, mm-hmm. you know, somebody had to teach him how to drive that C3, let's face it. And, and uh, I've been around a long time, and, and you know, you, you have to get them, you try to give these young fellows a chance, you don't get them, steer them in the right direction, you know. And, and I'm, I'm really proud of what I've done that day, because, I mean, he went out the next time and won it without me, so I must have trained him really well, like. <laughs> Johnny, what's the saying? Self praise is no praise. Something like that. Exactly. Ever modest. <laughs> and uh, I think um, he, he's taken he's taken a bit of credit for your dad's victory, obviously in '97 as well. Uh, rumor has he navigated, uh, you know, for that event back in Bishop's Court in '97 when, when David obviously won it. So uh, I know. Look, we're, we're, we'll stop taking the piss out of your brain. Oh, that that is kind of. Uh, unique though really that you know you sat with both you won it in 97 and now Johnny obviously went and won it last weekend so that's that's pretty cool like in fairness well I mean the results speak for themselves guys I mean goodness sake you know there's a, there's a common denominator here like and look at dress it up whatever way you like but uh, <laughs> the facts speak for themselves Jeez, you, you'd nearly forget Kirsty sat with you the other day Johnny wouldn't you <laughs> that's just that's how it's been you know <laughs> it was actually, it was actually the, we done we done a rally together uh, in the start of the 2017 season. Um, it was the first round in Kyrgyzstan, and it was sort of one of those ones where um, you know it was a week after Galway. We had an issue in Galway. We wanted to get the car out because we had a bit of a wiring type issue that we couldn't get to the bottom of. We wanted to get the car out to make sure it was okay, and it was just a sort of let's go and do it and just have a bit of fun. And, and Brian offered to, to sit with me that day, and and. Uh, 
we ended up winning the event and uh, we got to the, we got to the last uh, the last control and you know Brian said to me he says oh you know, I never thought about another rally and uh, I said oh, when was the last when was the last what's the last rally you won or when was the last time you won a rally actually and he sort of thought and thought and he pondered and he thought you know he's, he says you know what I think we'll go through your dad <laughs> <laughs> So it's, 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 he's a common thread through this whole thing, you yeah. know. So. Yeah, lucky, lucky charm sort of a thing. So, I, well, and that, well, I, I, I know that Kevin or, or just downright skill around those sort of like you know, it's so one of the, one of the other. I'm not sure which. Like, you know? so was that event actually division score one ninety seven that you spoke about? Was that actually the last event you'd won prior to that with with David? Like, or had you won another one since? Because that would have been exactly twenty years. Uh, do you know since? Yeah, yeah. It would have been pretty unique as yeah. well, you know. I, I really have. I don't think. I don't think. I well. I after that, I sort of stepped back a bit from code riding or whatever the case may be. Um, no, well, I didn't. I didn't really. I done a few. I done a lot of rides with, with Johnny and the Fiesta after that, didn't I? The Fiesta after that, Johnny, wouldn't it? Oh, was sure. Uh, yeah, we done. We done the. We done the Pirelli in uh, uh, yeah. I think it was. It was my first year riding. Uh, yeah. Proper mm-hmm. in the UK. So, yeah, we done. We done. I think we done another. Then we do another event maybe towards the end of that year. Yeah, uh, and I think a few rallies in the Evo at the time and things like that. Yes, I, I don't know if you, I did do a few after that, but uh, but Johnny never won any of those like sort of really to to, to, <laughs> to my detriment. There. I mean, I have a reputation to look after here, Kevin. You know, and, uh, I mean, he let me down at that point in time. You know, so <laughs> we'll come very close and won. We'll come very close and won, Johnny. I think it was um, where was it? We finished second overall. Oh, uh, in the Marrick Rally over in Scotland. That's that's the one. Yes, we're very 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 close to getting that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but you know, but he's he's, uh, he's learned to listen after that. You know, and, and then I give Kirsty a few e tips as well too. So it's, it's, it's look after the whole thing. You know, just keep keep my finger yeah, on the pulse. It, it's funny. It seems like you started off by trying to put manners on Johnny, and I said Johnny, you may have to put manners on this fella now. Like here we go, fifteen years later. So. <laughs> Man, how the tables have turned. Oh, you're oh, right, it's... you're right. It's called old age, Kevin, it's called old age. <laughs> so look, just, just going going back to things in the other day, of course, and you mentioned a few guys already, Brian, and you said Clark of the Course has an easy job, but you're also chairman of the motor club that ran it, so you had you had plenty of things to be worrying about, so uh, I think you should give yourself a little bit of credit, as much as Johnny would probably disagree at the moment. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just one of the other things that kind of struck me, and... I actually have the diagrams to hand here, which it's great. You actually shared them, I think, on the on your website, I think, Brian, on the Mortal Club website. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm I've that brought up on screen, obviously now at the moment. So I'm just going to fly across to the tab and start scrolling down through it, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I have a focus out part of the side of the door there now, and I nearly have to crash now just looking at this diagram. To be honest with you, <laughs> and that's why <laughs> I'm here asking questions and not doing rallying, of course. But like it it. Being straight off the bat, it looked a little bit complicated to begin with, but I suppose once you get out, I take it you're on the bicycle, Johnny, are you going around? Yeah, we've got to run around in the morning um, on the bicycle to sort of have a look around the track and things and the way it's set up. But um, yeah, I mean, the the good thing the good thing about the club is there's a lot of sort of active competitors in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone gets their little bit of input into how they want the track set up. So it means... It's quite good from our side because it means there's a few guys there who have competed and are still competing that can, when when so we set something like this up, we can look at it and sort of give the idea of okay, this doesn't work because it's too hard to read when you're coming out at speed, and this doesn't yeah. work. It's too, you know, so it means you end up with a 
a track layout that even though it looks complicated in the map, when you're actually in the car, it looks really quite straightforward, which I think is a, a great credit to the club that they're mm-hmm. taking on board those sort of opinions yeah. to make the whole thing work better for everybody. And, and that's that's uh, the great thing about it is it's kind of, I say it looks complicated, but when you're in the car, it's, it's very well laid out. And it's very well, everything's very well spaced apart and it's, it's quite good that way, you know. Oh look, it's and I see it as well, lads. You know, just to be fair, I wasn't I wasn't criticizing your brain off, but like I've <laughs> I've I've marshaled, and sometimes you get a plan for the junction to set it up. Yeah, and you're like Jesus, <laughs> like Glen Village, for example, the biggest nightmare yeah. you can ever get. And mm-hmm. the lads, in fairness, that when we went up to marshal that, they printed off. I think it was a dairy printed off four or five copies. So we all had a plan, each going around trying to set it up, like whatever. But it is actually a lot more simple. In reality once you start getting a few bits together and stuff but just on it then like how long did it take to go from the setup of the first couple of stages to stages three and four and then five and six was was there much of a a turnaround and obviously we have those routes available on this plan as well but just talk us through that like how long did that take was it complicated well we we uh we have two rescue units as 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 you maybe know we run two two rescue units out of the motor club there as well Mm -hmm. and um the rescue unit boys were they are given the job every year it's their chore every year if you like to uh to drive around the circuit and do the do the changeovers now there's be four or five boys in that rescue unit now um the sort of relationship we have in, in balna hinch motor club is that if, if if the boys in the rescue unit say to me right Brad, we're going to do the changeover i don't even need to check that changeover it's done mm-hmm. it's just done yeah. Um, now we can we can waste time by me driving around as part of the course and to check that 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 changeover, but I don't need to. You know, if, they, the if, they, yeah. if they come on the radio and say to me, "Ran the changeover's done," it's done. That's yeah. it's, it's as plain and simple as that. Um, now we have, obviously have an MSA steward, uh, but on mm-hmm. on Saturday I never even drove around after the changeovers were done. The MSA steward obviously had to take a wee drive around to make sure that the changes were to, to the standard that's required. Uh, but I was absolutely confident that the that, that the changeovers would be done. So I, I just said the MSA steward, yes, go ahead, just you go ahead on in there. Um, but it's it's, it's, it's it's nice to have a team like that around you that you can just trust them. Basically, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, our deputy clerk of the course, he was taking maybe we scoot round and. The downside of these of these circuit type events is that somebody touches a tire and the tire can roll into the middle of the circuit, whatever case may be. The next car comes in, there's tire land in the middle of the road. Uh, that that's a that's a problem. So so he he would just have scooted around and made sure all the tires were in the right place. But the actual changeovers the changeovers are done in five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. You know, it's set up. Yeah. Yeah. They're already set up, and it's just a matter of. Pulling a few tires over the case may be just to change the direction of the road, and then uh, it's 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 just it's just easy. They just make it easy. Would you have liaised with the guys over in Oldham Park at all after Neil Howard stages just to try and get some ideas or anything like that, or was there any need to? Obviously, it ran anyway, regardless. But just curious to see, like you know, was there a discussion or whatever? Did did you get any kind of feedback from how they did it and try to uh, relay it onto your own? I'm trying to be very careful what I say here, but I think I think maybe Olden Park needed to come and talk to us boys to find out how to lay a circuit. <laughs> from what from the reports I'm hearing, we've been doing this is 25 years, um, yeah. and uh, well, I, I I spoke to a few competitors at, at Don Olden Park and on Bishop Court, and um, well, without without sounding overconfident or, or pompous or arrogant, but um, 
I think maybe they were they're the ones who need to be making the phone call. Yeah, I'll I'll be straight out. I had did hear from a couple people that some of those changeovers were a little bit dangerous in Walton Park. That's just Mm -hmm. feedback from competitors. So I'm not going to Mm -hmm. tarnish anyone by saying that because it was a little one little comment that was made. Um, Yeah, but you had no such issues, obviously. Like there was no real danger at any point in particular with anything like that. With the nature of those events. It's, it's impossible that cars aren't catching each other, cars are getting even close, because you've sort of three segments of, of competitors. You have your, your quick boys to front, your middle boys, and then your slower boys, mm-hmm. and they're all doing the same circuit. So there's there's probably more than 30 seconds of a difference between the guy who's, who's going to be winning the event and the guy at the tail end of the field. Now, sometimes whenever it works, that the, the guys at the front are catching other times and other stages, depending on the length of the stage, depending on how fast the boys are going, the boys at the end of the stage are catching, but it's impossible, absolutely impossible to make it perfect for everybody. It can't, it yeah. just simply can't be done because there's, there's 30 seconds between cars and there's more, more than 30 seconds of difference between the fastest guys and the slowest guys. So somewhere, somewhere in along, there's going to be, there's going to be cars coming close. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, 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 but guys, guys say to me there, you know, we get, we get, sometimes we get our seating, not just perfectly you know, and guys are ringing up and say to me, you know, uh, my seating's wrong, you know. I think it should be further up, and I'd say, well, look, if you think it should be further up, they're actually quite all right. We are because if you catch a slow car in the like of those Bishop's Court or Old Park or any of those circuit events, it's easy to get past. But if you catch a car that is roughly the same speed as you, uh, rally drivers don't look at the mirrors, and they they don't they don't look at the mirrors. They they it's it's the nature of the game. You don't look behind. You look behind you, you crash. <laughs> you know, so uh, rally drivers don't look in the mirrors, and, and whenever one rally driver catches another rally driver, the guy behind knows that, but he isn't looking in the mirrors, and he has to be in, in a very advantageous position before he'll make a pass. You know, mm-hmm. um, so because the boys just going to cut the nose off you and put both of in the rally. So it's, I say, the boys that get the bad seating, it's easier to pass somebody slow, slower, a lot slower than you than just to pass somebody the same speed or marginally slower than you. You know, so mm-hmm. bad seeding isn't necessarily a bad thing in the like of those sort of events. <laughs> yeah, once well, they're not like Mazapan in the F1, I think you're alright because that lad goes off and there's no one even near him. But um, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous carry on. Like I swear to Jesus, like uh, I, mm-hmm. I do, I do joke with the missus down here. I'd actually put her into the car quicker than I put Mazapan into the car. I think she'd do a better job. <laughs> So, uh, like, it's, it's horrendous. I think he's actually taken over. Is he's out buying house or something next year? I think I heard something like that. But anyway, look, we're going slightly off topic. That's a different story. Um, so, like, yeah, what's the what's the takeaways then, Brian, in that you could relay on to other motor clubs, really, and bits of advice that that you took from the weekend that could possibly help with the running of of, of other events this year? Like, is there anything out there in particular that stands out that you could say that's well, definitely go that route? Well, every, everything has been different, Kevin, this year. Absolutely different, completely different. Um, the first problem we ran across was um, we knew the event was going to be oversubscribed. We knew that was going to happen uh, just from the feedback we were getting. Um, so we, we pushed it on Facebook. We put out... Uh, every way we could, the forms. Fill in your anti-forms, complete. Of course, there were 70 out of about 120 that weren't complete. Now, the problem we had with that was the competitors couldn't go back into their entry forms. Mm-hmm. So our secretary had to sit and phone 
all these competitors and fill in their entry form for them. Now, if a competitor can find one entry form, hard work, can you imagine how hard a secretary finds 70? You know, and it was really, really annoying. But what they were afraid of, we understand what they were afraid of. They were afraid of taking too long to fill out their entry form and not getting an entry. You know, because things were filling up so quick. <clears throat> but it's something that we're going to have to look at. And, and we'll talk to Ali McCollum at a rally score. He, he, he done a great job, but the, the, the way things are now, things have changed. And, and you can't you can't rock up in the morning and, and fill in your co-driver or whatever the case may be. And and we understand too that the entry forms are harder to fill in this year because we needed to know the name of your service crew. We need to know the name the, the registration number of your service van. All that information had to be done for track and trace mm-hmm. uh, for, 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 for the government. So we understand they were harder to do, but we're actually saying to Ali, you know, that that um if, if, if you could make it that you couldn't actually put it, put your entry in until all the all the blocks are filled, all the wee blocks are filled up, you know that would that would be a big big help. Um, it would mean the competitors have to fill that in. But again, you, you know, competitors don't hear this; they don't see that. You know, I'm talking to Davy Meek there, who's who's the man that was lumbered with that, and and he's on the phone to me, and he's he's virtually busted, like virtually busted, seventy entry forms, and and having to phone these guys and. They don't know who's co-driving for them. They don't know what their co-driver's license number is. And we have to have all that information before we can let them start. And you can't do it on the morning. So if, if there's anything to learn out of it, it's the fact that we need to train competitors. You know, they, they need to learn that you can't can't do this. And then I thought, I thought actually that, that if, if we could make it that you could let the, let the competitor go back into the entry form. I thought that was the answer. Just, just phone him up and say, fill in that entry form properly. But then I know another rally in Scotland had done that, and it was just havoc. That didn't work either, um, for, for reasons we'll not go into, but um, but that didn't work either. It, it, it just turned into complete mayhem. So the only answer is, is fill it in. Whenever you're filling it in, fill it in complete and put it in. That's... that's um, as far as other organisers are concerned, I actually think that this is the way this is going to go. Um, our, our paperless timing worked a treat. Um, Johnny was competing there. He, he knows how simple it was, how easy it was to work. Uh, signing on, you sign on electronically. Um, it, it, that, that all worked. Um, it, it was just a different way of doing things. And it probably can be streamlined. I'm not saying we got it perfect. Certainly, certainly didn't get it perfect, but it. I think it's the way it's going to go. I th- and I thought, you know, the, no drivers' briefings are not in Ireland. Here we always have drivers' briefings. Um, it feels like a bit of a get together, I suppose, maybe at the start. But I don't think John had probably verified this, but I, I actually don't think anybody missed it. Uh, no drivers' briefing, no standing the queue at signing on. Um, as I say, Johnny, Johnny's on the competitor side this time, and, and but all the competitors seem to think that oh, this is this is good, but they do need to train themselves to 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 fill their forms in better, you yeah. know. Yeah. Try and point your tokens sort there now, Johnny. When when you're at it, you know, just to back up what, what Brian has said, like, for, how did you find it from from your point of view, like that that sort of stuff with the <clears throat> electronic sign on or electronic time, um, paperless times and all that, like. Yeah, I agree. I think it. Uh, I think it's been good. You know. We've sort of seen throughout this whole thing since 
since March last year that the whole world's had to sort of develop at a bit of a faster pace mm-hmm. with of like digital technology and things like that. And I think, yeah, I think that's the one sort of aspect Ryan was lacking a wee bit. Um, you know, certainly the sign on sign on digitally was was a was a great job as it took the pressure off on the day. You know, I think there is there is a lot of things we can take from sort of things that have been forced upon us that we can take an advantage from going forward, just in general rallying and everywhere. I think it's, you know, it takes the pressure off the competitors. Okay, maybe not so much on an event like Versus Court where you sort of have a lot of more free time, but certainly in Tarmac Championship rallies where you have your sort of two-day rackies and you're heading into sign-on, you know, your, your Friday evenings on those Tarmac Championship rounds are quite busy with a lot of paperwork. Um, you know, and that's, if you're, if you're staying away from the HQ, if you're if you're 10, 15 mile roads from the HQ, it's it's another sort of half an hour, an hour you're losing from your, your time on that Friday night. You know, I think there's a lot of more stuff being done from the competitor's perspective on, on the, the rallies now. You know, every I think nearly every competitor in the Tarmac Championship now is going after the recce to watch the DVD again before the next morning stages. There's a lot of, a lot, it's very busy the, the time after your recce finishes. I think anything to help that is good. And, I think it just takes the pressure off a lot a lot better for if you have an issue with your sign-on procedure you'll maybe know about it the day before you go and you'll be able to sort something out whereas you know certainly <laughs> on my side probably because i'm not that well organized i've a few times you've landed up with a sign-on and there's been a paperwork not right and that's it's, it's difficult to try and sort it when you're away you know when you're at the venue so yeah i think it's i think it's worse you know it needs everyone it's going to take time for people to learn and obviously there's people that will be more up to speed with it than others, but I think broadly going forward, it's it's, it's a way to go. Um, you know, the digital, the sort of contactless uh, time controls, I thought worked very well. Okay, you need, you really need a co-driver's perspective more so, but from the outside, from what I've seen, it, it seemed to work very well. I think overall, gents, once people are open to suggestion on it, they take the feedback and look to make it better. That's the most important thing because I hate being critical of people, but sometimes when it's not their idea, they don't want to know about it. It's just, it becomes an ego thing. But I think once you're always open to that and you want to improve and you listen and you see the benefit of it, things can only get better, as the fella said, and as the song goes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would just hope that that's going to be the case in events, both North and South, going forward, that we do have that kind of thing. There is a bit of forward thinking. And everyone pulls together because, Brian, by the sound of things, that's what happened up there. Everyone kind of did sing off the same henshi. And, you know, the feedback's been pretty good because of it. Yes, well, again, I, 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 I could just take this opportunity to thank the members. We really, really are special people. Um, <clears throat> right from the right from the people that were at half, half five in the morning, um, checking everybody into that circuit, every person, we had their name and their phone number. Now, that may not sound sitting here that's that, that dramatic, but whenever you have a queue of cars sitting, trying to get through the gate, and again, the competitors, it's really... It's really it isn't a smaller part. It's really the boys that are running teams where it becomes a problem. You know where the the the, the service crew might be in different bands or different whatever came out of an issue for us. But um, but the people that were there from half five in the morning checking all these people in and they got five hundred people through that gate in two hours. Um, and they're standing there, volunteers not getting paid. Um. Getting a, load, getting a load of flack from me and other people. <laughs> uh, 
But right, right from there, right, right through to the, the the officials on the day, right through to the results team, uh, the, the the chief marshal, uh, Harry Coulter's our chief marshal, and he was inundated. Obviously, people thought if they came to marshal, they were getting into spectate or whatever. And then we had to figure out how do we let marshals in. So Harry says, "Look, I have this, I have this sorted. People that have marshaled before I have a list of them, so they get priority, and that and that's the way we worked it." Um, they, from the entry side of things, it was first come, first served, um, because we don't believe that you know somebody driving a, a big fancy rally car is any more important than somebody driving a, a, a Vauxhall Nova or, or, or the lower class cars. You know, everybody gets treated the same, and we are a, a, a motor club. Somebody explained said to me the other day, we're, we're not just motor club members. We're friends, and we're getting 30 and 40 people come to a meeting. And we know the names of each other's wives, we know the names of their dogs and their kids, and their you know, that's that's the sort of thing they are. We were down, we're down in the Varna Tires that Stephen Whitford owns, um, you know, a couple of nights before, bolting tires together, you know, and those club buys pizzas for everybody. We're down there, we're having a bit of crack, we're bolting tires together, loading them up, and taking them down to Bishop's Court. You know, that's the sort of things we get up to, you know, that maybe the competitor doesn't see, but the the the. We're very, very lucky, and that and Ballinhead's motor club is just a big, just a big family, just a big family. That's basically all you could say. Deadly. Well, look, just a couple of things to get through, lads, before I do let you go. Um, Johnny, just from your point of view in particular, um, you know, obviously this weekend, in normal circumstances, or the weekend just gone by, you wouldn't have even been in Bishop's Court. You probably wouldn't have done any golf. So, um, quite, quite unusual in that regard. Yeah. Um... I think that's sort of that's sort of whole thing that kind of passed me by until I was talking to, to one of the competitors and understand that you know we're from Donegal and they said you know we should be up doing Donegal this weekend. I thought you know what that's never actually crossed my mind. The um I think the way everything got jumbled up, you sort of lose track of all these things and yeah, it's it's sort of it sort of tells you where we are at the minute. You know the obviously the biggest what the, what you would say the biggest rally in Ireland wasn't happening and yet we were very lucky to be able to run our events on the same weekends as a sort of a pilot if you will for everybody else so yeah it's it's um it's maybe a disappointing to not have done a goal running but at the same time it's good that we've been able to get something up and running and you know as Ben's touched on the amount of effort that the club put in to get this up and running um mm-hmm. was unbelievable to, to to be the first to sort of be the targets for everybody else to look at and sort of see what what worked and what didn't work was a big lot was a very big pressure and, and the club really rose to it and yeah it, it's, it was fantastic from, from that side of it but uh you know hopefully hopefully this is a start and we can work from here and, and you know before before we really realize with this we'll be back doing all the events we've done before and it'll be just as good as always Mm-hmm, absolutely and just a, a quick one lads and i don't want to drag into anything untoward here as such but like there was a lot of development and carry on up and down at the weekend and my opinion i've kind of two opinions on it the first thing is i don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing because i don't know if the rally gets dragged into it anymore because there was no rally at the weekend so there's no real excuse for it second thing is and i've always forward thinking and trying to make sure we can avoid this going forward is there some sort of safe and controlled environment for these guys to go off and do their different and start doing whatever they want to do and to stop you know putting people at danger like can that be sussed out do you think or, or am i a bit off with, with, with thinking that 
I sort of had thought, I sort of would talk about it there at the at the rally, because um, obviously the pictures were coming in from Letterkenny and what was going on, and uh, I don't really know whether it'll be good or bad. You know, on the one side, we're sort of saying, well, that's quite good from the rallying perspective, because the people, the general public can now see that it's not our guys that are doing this. It's not... Yeah. It's not the competitors. It's not the the friends of the competitors that are that are sort of causing this grief to the the community. Um, you know, so on on the one side, yes, it's, it's great. You go to those rallies and you have the spectators and you have the support. I think it kind of goes hand in hand a wee bit. There's maybe a section of those guys who who just don't associate with the rally at all. They don't follow the rally. Don't know anybody in the rally. They're just there purely for their own for their own means. Mm-hmm. The, and there is probably a, a subsection of people who do a bit of both, who like to go and they like to go to, and see the modified cars and they want to go and see the rally and it's all part of one package. But obviously the the, the disruption it's caused isn't good on, on motorsport and hopefully people understand that the disruption happened without the rally, so it's not really the rally that's driving it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, is that going to really get through to people? Or, or is, you know, obviously we... Up here, we'll not hear what the stories are in, in the like of the press, in the like of the press in, in the Republic and stuff. So we won't know how it's been portrayed. But I would be worried that it would become, you know, as they say, rally fans caused this, you know, because they're all kind of grouped together as rally fans. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's it's obviously it's a it's a car culture thing, and you want to keep people that are interested in cars interested in rallying. So it's it's kind of a, a it's, it's a very delicate issue of how you go about it without just alienating people that actually do follow the rally and, and want to be there to see the stages and maybe want to go and watch a bit of King of the Cone or whatever they're doing up there on the Saturday night. That's a very, very delicate issue, but obviously the, you know, I seen it for the first time in Killarney a few years ago where uh, we were staying, we were staying on the, on the sort of the run up to the, to the HQ and all night, all you could hear was guys driving up and down that, that street up the start of Moss Gap. And, we had been out, and I think we were coming in for like a midday service at sort of, you know, two or three o'clock in the afternoon and the, and the cars that have been driving up all night were still outside their B&Bs. <laughs> so, you know, they weren't following the rally. You know, they were just there to, to sort of cause havoc. Um, I mean, everybody wants to enjoy themselves and everyone wants to have fun in their cars and things, but there has to be a line somewhere. You know, and I think it's 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 got to the stage now where it's causing rallying a lot of damage with the, with the people who, the general public who don't follow motorsport. And that's mm-hmm. ultimately we need those guys on side to continue. So uh, I hope at least someone's came out of it put it that way. But it's to see those things again is not 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 really good on my side to see that. I don't really want to see. I like to see boys having fun, enjoying their cars and everything else. But I don't want to see uh, what we're seeing the weekend. Absolutely, and I think you know, judging from what we're kind of hearing and seeing on Highland Radio, it does seem that the people in Donegal know they understand that it is not really the rally community is such that is responsible for this so at least there's that understanding i would just worry that in other parts of the country would they be as understanding like just say we lost galway a number of years ago for a couple of years and um, people are getting pissed off down in killarney so like again you know and, and we shared a few things on the page last week that the wording of a headline and a couple of different media outlets was rally fans literally in the headline yeah. so that's why i shared a piece from four years ago when i went to donegal not because it's about me but i was kind of not as interested in rallying as what i was years ago and going to donegal four years ago brought me back into it genuinely and 
I just wanted to portray the good that the sport can do and how enjoyable it can be as well as having that. So it just, it's unfortunate that it's just hard to shake that sometimes, I find, to try and get that whole thing out of the common person's head, I suppose, that it's not actually rally fans. But I do agree, Johnny, to an extent as well, that it's also wrong to paint everyone that has a modified road car uh, with the one brush because a lot of those guys do have an interest in going to it as well. So again, Brian, I don't know, do you have any suggestion on how we can maybe improve that going forward? Is there anything out there that we can strike a balance with to make sure that people in communities are safe, they're not tormented, these guys get to have the crack? We're never going to outlaw it altogether, let's be honest about it, because, I mean, that's just the way it is. But just say from a different sport point of view, like if someone's getting into trouble in their in their day-to-day life, they go to a boxing gym and they're in a safe yeah. and controlled environment <clears throat> and they, they get a bit disciplined from it. Have we got enough of that then, just say in a similar context, for, for these guys to try and do that, where it's not going to cause harm to people that, you know, um, don't want to be coping it? Well... <sighs> The obvious answer is to get them get them into the sport. That's that's the obvious answer. Um, and the, the, the you know the, the I suppose the first thing comes to, comes to their mind is that this is too expensive. Um, but having said that, I've seen some of these cars and and the for the price they're spending on these cars to to, to drive around a cone uh, and and basically make a nuisance of themselves would have them a nice wee cheap rally car. They could, they could actually have a wee cheap rally car. <clears throat> but the powers that be, um, not affecting us so much up the north here at the minute, and my and my personal opinion are not really helping things to to get those young fellas into the sport because, well, I think I think it's this fairly common knowledge with what, what I, AMI is doing at the minute down there, but it's not even part of AMI, or, so it's maybe wrong for me to have an opinion on what they're doing, but to, to my mind, if I if I was one of those guys and I seen what AMI is doing and and and, um, and, the, and what they're doing to entry fees and stuff and all the rest of it, I would be saying here, I'm not getting involved in that, it's just too, too expensive. They need to go the opposite way, in my opinion, and, and bring these guys in. Um, and from the cold, if you like, you know, um, all of them trying to do that. I'm not sure exactly what to do with them. I, I really, there is no, you say, you know, please do your job and all the rest of it. But like these, these are these, these wee lads. They're not bad guys. They're not. They're not bad. They're not. They're not bad boys. They're just. It's it's their interest and and. I suppose you get all pumped up with the rally coming down or whatever the case may be. But then it's now become. A way of life where they're, they're, they're as we can see, there's no Donegal rally, but they're going there anyway. Um, it's become social media, obviously, a, a major problem, and that that's how they organized it, I'm sure. Um, what is the answer? I don't, I honestly don't have an answer. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't have an answer, but I do know that, that say, in my opinion, I need to be careful what I say here, but in my opinion, the, the, the road that that AMI is going at the minute is, is to me, is is not the right way. You need to bring these guys in, and, and if you keep putting entry fees up for everybody, it's it's to drain them away. So just just on that, Brian, just one little point. I think if there was, and again, this is my opinion, if there was just say a yard and a cone, then I don't think there would be much of a problem. But the problem is when it's outside the courthouse in the middle of Letterkenny, it's happening. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just. Just seem to think that you know we can do this and you can do nothing about it. 
and and to, to an extent, they're they're probably right. You know, um, I mean, what do you do? see? These aren't bad kids. They're not. They're not bad guys. They're they're if you're if you're if you get those guys out of the the, the car and they're starting, they call themselves motor enthusiasts, and and that's what they are. They are motor enthusiasts, um, but they just don't see the damage they're doing to rallying. Um, but they still think they're enthusiasts. You know, and, and say to, to an extent, they are enthusiasts. They love their cars. Some of those cars those wee boys are driving are, are a credit to them. You know, um, some of them but a fee too now to be fair. <laughs> but um, I know what the answer is. I mean, there's no quick fix for this. I, I really don't know. It's, it's become yeah. a mindset. And how do you change a mindset? Mm. It's, it's so hard. I mean, gathering them up, the guardian gathering them up and, and throwing them all in jail isn't the answer. You know, or taking them all to court even isn't the answer. Um, I, I just, we're going to have to change that way of life. It's, it's going to have to, we're going to have to learn that it's anti, anti-social and that's, that's it. But how to, how to train them? I don't know. I yeah, don't know. Look, hopefully a more positive turn will, will occur in not to this in future any but look again just before we wrap up so, so johnny what's the plan then just with the rest of the events this year we have the dog league stages on the 7th of august uh the lock all stages on the 24th uh, sorry the 21st of august uh, the 16th of october then tour the sperns and the 6th of november the throne stages you're you're probably going to go gung-ho for this whole thing now after after winning the weekend yeah yeah that's um it definitely makes the decision a bit easier for you but uh yeah yeah our plan was to just pick and choose events this year because realistically you know, nobody really knows where we're going. Hopefully, this is the this is the start of it now, where we can start to to, to rebuild back to the sort of Ryan we know before. But again, you just don't know. You know, we could be back, we could be back in some form of lockdown in the next couple of weeks. Nobody really mm-hmm. knows what's what's ahead. So, the, the plan from from my side was sort of to keep everything sort of rally by rally, not get dragged into the too many commitments. Um, you know, from a sort of from a pers- from a solely personal point of view, I wasn't really that worried about uh, doing too much traveling far away from home. So that's why I sort of looked at British Court and looked at some Northern Ireland Championship rounds to try and keep sort of things local to me just until just until things were sort of settled down a bit better. So yeah, obviously Shackleton's the next round we should be looking at. Um, and then I think the best thing to do is just take it rally by rally. Obviously, the Northern Ireland Championships got quite a good setup this year because they took the two single venues at the start of the event, the start of the, the championship to get everything up and running. You know, I think there's going to be a wee bit of walking before you can run with this, before we get back to sort of closed, closed road rally and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's the plan, is to try and take it one event at a time. Hopefully the results from each event will mean we can do more and more. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of the same approach we had when we've done the Northern Ireland Championship in 2017. There was no real plan put in place to do the championship and ended up, We've done most of the rounds just because that's the way the, the momentum took us. I think that's going to be the same thing this year. Hopefully we can keep the momentum up and, and, and get the, get most of them done. Anyway. Good stuff. Well, listen, just hang with us for one second. Just to give a mention, of course, to our sponsors. The Irish Early Podcast is in association with FACT, the Simply Automatic Choice for automation equipment for gates, doors, barriers and rising bollards. Available from your security installer and electrician. Distributed to the trade in Ireland, North and South by National Automation. D1 Soft Distributor for automation equipment, door entry intercom system, CCTV, intruder and fire alarms, access control and locks. And for more, visit NAL forward slash products brian crawford johnny greer it's a pleasure to have you on the air charlie podcast thanks so much for your time and we look forward to talking to you again soon all right well done again yeah no problem thanks for having us
Okay, so time to go down through the class winners and the top 20 from the McGrady Insurance Stages Rally at Beaches Court on Saturday. And just a quick apology as well to McGrady Insurance. I call them McGrady Insurance to start the episode, but uh, I hope all is forgiven there. So class one honours, that went to Drew Wiley, of course, the Evergreen. Drew Wiley taking the historics there. Class two honours went to Ronnie McConnell. Uh, class three, Stephen Whitford with Derek McCrossan. Uh, class 4, Jody McManus and Tony McGovern. Moving on into Class 5, you have Sam Adams who took honours there. Class 6, having a quick look there, it's Jason Black with Carl Egan uh, on board. They had about 23 seconds of an advantage there over Gard Irwin and Justin McCauley. In Class 7, Barry Morris took that one with Dylan Doonan on board. Uh, moving on then to Class 8, Fraser Mulholland with Johnny Morrow taking that one. Uh, class 9 went to Dom McNeil and Tommy Spears. Class 10 honours went to Johnny Greer, of course, with Kirsty Riddick on board. And again, thanks to Johnny for joining us there earlier. And Class 11 honours going to Stephen Wright and Lee Moynihan. Taking a look then at the top 20 overall, let's move back here. And 28 went to John Devlin and John McCarthy in the escort. 19 went to Thomas Simon Michael uh, with uh, Ivor Lamont on board. Uh, you had Michael McGarity with Damien Garvey in 18. John Bradley and Crawford Henderson in 17. Marty Toner joined by uh, Kyle Diffin in 16th, Gareth Irwin and Justin McCauley in 15th, 14th went to Chris McGurk and Liam McIntyre, in 13th you had the aforementioned Jason Black with Carl Egan, uh, Damien Toner and Denver Rafferty in the Mark II were 12th, uh, in 11th you had Ian Miller and Ronan O'Neill in the Fiesta R5, 10th overall then moving into the top 10, 10th uh, went to Kieran Graffin with Amy Graffin on board. 9th went to Barry Morris and Dylan Doonan. Uh, in 8th, you had Niall Henry and Damien Duffin. 7th, uh, Patter Horson, what a legend, uh, joined by Damien Connolly in the Fiesta WRC. 6th, you had Stuart Biggerstaff with Chris Nelson in the Fiesta. 5th, Aaron McLaughlin and Darren Kern. 4th, Philip Allen with Ian Dixon. 3rd place went to Stephen Wright with Lee Moynihan from Middle Street on board. 2nd, the legendary Derek McGarity with Paddy Robinson in that 2-litre fabulous Ford Focus WRC. Outstanding and iconic livery on that as well. And obviously, the winner, who we know well at this stage, we just had him on the podcast, Johnny Greer with Kirsty Riddick alongside. So well done again. We want to just thank uh, Johnny once more with uh, Brian Crawford for coming on. And just a quick mention as well, uh, it would be uh, two years today since uh, Manus Kelly passed away. So we just want to pass on our uh, deepest sympathies once again. And just to let the family know that we are always thinking of Manus here on the Irish Rally podcast. He's never too far away from our thoughts.